Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here with Adol. Hey! And Lucy. Hello! And returning guest, Adam. Hello. Hello, everybody. Should we open some drinks up and get going? No. <laughs> oh, why not, Adam? What are you drinking this evening? Because I have already opened my classic oh. cola. Yeah. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be yeah. very, very explicit about that. that co- I, I basically co- come on here to, anyway. yeah. I basically come on here to ruin your format. So <laughs> we do that every week. Yeah. Just, just swig the coke as you do it. Perfect. <laughs> uh, say that as if we have a format. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but beers and games. I come with no beers and possibly might not talk about any games. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, Lucy, what are you going to be drinking this week? Um, Some beers. I think I'm going to start with one from The Colonel. Oh. Uh, and this is a Bière de Saison um, Cider Apple 5.9%. What they have done is cider apples from Tom Oliver fermented on fresh wort and blended with saison. So, that's interesting. Nice. Mm. Uh, Classic kernel giving you very little information. Yeah. Um, I just wanted something simple but good, so I picked up a few kernels and uh, spoilers for the next beer wipe them true. Nice. (laughs) Going back to the classics this week. Nice, good, good. That's it's, it's needed sometimes. Good. Uh, Adol, what are you uh, opening up first? Uh, I'm gonna go for the Wild Beer Peel Breaker Grapefruit Session IPA because I wish it was still summer. Nice. Mm-hmm. Peel Breaker with the grapefruits on the tin. Uh, nice. It has. It's zesty grapefruit and piney, a West Coast session IPA enriched with grapefruit juice, zestiness, and full of piney Simcoe hops, a citrus refresher. Brilliant. Nice. Uh, again, very small amount of information for um, for everybody. Uh, and that will continue uh, through to the next beer as well. Um, sort of. Um, I'm going to start with a wiper and true uh, Lucy, hmm. I haven't, I haven't oh. had time to go anywhere, so I just whipped round to the shop round the corner, picked up a couple of beers, um, and they had new, new rebrews in from both uh, Arbor, which will follow, uh, and Wiper and True. And I had a quick search on the site to see if I drunk or any of us had drunk either of these beers before on the podcast, and I could find no reference. So sometimes, and I'm sure we must have had one of these beers. Um, on the show before, but uh, occasionally our tags work really well. Occasionally they fail us. Uh, but yeah. I'm going to drink Kiwi Lilt, which is a pale ale from Wiper yeah. and True, which is absolutely a rebrew. It's a beer I've had before, but not for ages. Uh, it's 5.2%. They do give a little bit of uh, flavour text. A uh, light and refreshing pale ale showcasing three of New Zealand's magnificent hops, Nelson Sovon, Motuaka, and Kahatu. Abundant tropical fruits, floral notes, and sharp citrus are tied together with a subtle pine and fresh herbal qualities unique to hops of this region. 
That's it. That's what we get. It's pale out. It's got a telephone. Hey, telephone yeah. on the front. Um, I uh, saw that one and I was like, mm, I'm going to pass on that one. Oh, Kiwi wh- why? Mm. Kiwi Lilt was like, when I was looking for something that was just yeah, so very simple, I was just like, even though I'm drinking a beer de saison that was, you know, <laughs> brewed with apples in it. But <laughs> I, I need simplicity. I, I can't be dealing with any of this nonsense. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I did see that one in the shop. Mm. I went for an amber ale instead. That's which all okay. I forgot to <laughs> check if we ever had it on the podcast. <laughs> well, Wiper and True nice. have been kind of uh, um, uh, quite good recently in that they're doing lots of rebrews. You know, they've always got their core range. They're doing some new stuff. They're doing rebrews of older kinds of things. Um, I don't know whether it's sort of seasonal. At least Kiwi Lilt doesn't feel like a seasonal kind of beer. Uh, but uh, who knows? We could probably ask them. I'm sure they'd let us know. Um, but yeah, uh, we will come back round to you, Lucy, for the Colonel. Okay. To see yeah. how that beer is. I'm a bit scared because uh, oh. just smelling it smells exactly like cider. Does it? Yeah, it doesn't smell anything like a beer. It smells completely like a cloudy apple cider. Um, it's a bit cold as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. do you like a cider, Adam? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I'm not. not. <laughs> I'm not so, a massive cider fan. Yeah. Either, so. Beautiful segue, Ben. But no, <laughs> <laughs> I got checked. Check something. <laughs> yeah. is, is it possible that Adam could have a drink that's not vodka? <laughs> Nah. Oh, well, other spirits maybe. Oh, yeah. A bit whiskey. You had a bit whiskey before, bit whiskey, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah on the very podcast. Mm-hmm. That's right. I've since had quite a few of my friends try it, and they all hate it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> because, <laughs> because none of them are whiskey drinkers, ah, so it's yeah. fair enough. I suppose hate is probably a strong word, but yeah, right. they've, they've all went. No, <laughs> not for me. I guess I'll have to visit then. <laughs> I mean, please do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, back to the cidery beer, Lucy. Mm. It is a cidery beer. It starts off like a saison, sort of, you know, got the very yeasty, very estery, very... It tastes, like, I guess, a bit like a lambic. Okay. At the start, and mm. then towards the tail end, and at just the final finish, it tastes like a cider. <laughs> so it's like a half and half Frankenstein beer. Interesting. Which I think I'm more swaying on the dislike than the like. Okay. But I need to. It's so fascinating because it's like Jekyll and Hyde. It starts so much like, you know, oh, I'm going to get this really nice saison, like you think, um, you know, something that would just be great for the summer, very crisp, mm. very, very refreshing. And then uh, there creeps in that cider, which I'm not a massive fan of. That's a shame. Mm. But as I said, I think it's far too cold at the moment. Mm. I just got it out of the fridge, so 
maybe those um, flavors will blend a bit more after after I give it some time to warm up. Yeah, but... does it does it sort of uh, come across more as a beer in, in sort of its body? Um, you know, is it is it super kind of fizzy? Is it flatter? It looks a lo- it looks really flat. It's not. It's oh. not at all. Um, it does look <laughs> quite um, quite flat, but no. It's just kind of, kind of strange because you can't really see any carbonation. It sort of looks like cloudy, cloudy straw coloured, mm. um, and there's like no head at all. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's really fizzy. It's really, I don't think that's from half. So I think it's more. But it's like it looks like there's no combina- carbonation. Mm. It, it tastes. It tastes. It's got like the fizz of a cider. Okay. Um, mm. It's very fizzy, very effervescent in that sense. It's almost like but, an afternoon um, beer, isn't it? In the summer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the afternoon. Um, will you see if it gets better? Drink it some more. See if it gets a little bit better as it as it warms up. Uh, we'll roll around. Yeah, I think I think I need to do that. But yeah, um, yeah it's very tart. Mm-hmm. It's very. Um, I wonder how much apples they put in there. Three, but um. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it, it it's not my favourite right now. Let's okay. see if it grows for me. Mm. Um, Adam, we'll come to you. Yes, uh, for the wild beer. It is fucking clear, very clear. Yeah, <laughs> you can actually see my lips and mouth moving as I talk like a weird muppet through the glass. It's that clear. I mean, if you are listening, you're missing out on the show. But like, it's very clear. Look, look at these teeth. Yep, they're yellow. Still, um, <laughs> um, that it poured with a bit about two, maybe finger and a half head, but immediately dissipated. It's got this lovely. I mean, the tin didn't lie. It's a very zesty uh, citrus nose with a bit of pininess underneath. Um, what I like is that even though it's more zest, which is gonna like, so it's it's still got a bit of citrus sweetness on the nose as well. Mm-hmm. Just sort of like it's all, it kind of t- smells like a little bit like grapefruit and tangerine mixed. Like there is that like still citrus but sweet that you just don't find um, with grapefruit. Yeah, and the pineus sits underneath, and you don't really notice until the other smells fade. But there, it just helps bring the whole aroma together. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm. so. It's a session IPA. I think I forgot to tell you that it is a 4.7% session IPA. Okay. Um, so, it's, I mean, it, it's nice because usually session can be quite low ABV. And um, this, it tastes light. It feels light. But it, it still has just enough alcohol in it to to not make it too, like, thin and wet. Like, mm. like watery. Um. That pininess is there in droves. It's really, really nice. It's a very, again, pretty light um, strength-wise, but you've got basically the the Simcoe hop is just kicking through. You've got these lovely piney notes, um, which fade a bit, and that helps reveal that some of that bitterness is coming from, again, like zesty grapefruit, so like heavy on the 
almost rind. Like it's it's got that extra bit of bitter. Or when you like when you're trying to zest something and you get a little too deep, you get like you know you actually dig into the rind and have a little bit of that harsher bitterness. Mm. It's, it's got that just ever so much, and it helps make me. I it makes me feel like oh yeah, I'm having a nice I'm more more bitter beer. But again, the whole thing is really like it's not in your face. So this is just like a note. So it's quite easy to drink. It starts uh, very Simcoe, very piney, ends with a bit more of this, the grapefruit notes going through. Um, leaves my mouth not too wet, not too dry. Um, and the piney bitterness is very, very lightly still there, you know, 20 seconds later. But overall, this is just like a a really tasty like i it's sessionable because again the taste isn't in your face but there is a lot of nuance going on there mm-hmm. it's very very interesting beer i think it might go quickly because it feels light and i'm really enjoying the taste and again it's not too long of a taste so it might just be like oh yeah that thing i liked that yeah oh, just um swig away and not sort of notice again mm. because the whole taste like while it's an interesting like taste curve the whole thing is much like my audacity waveforms today quite small <laughs> compared to normal nice okay cool um I'll... we'll jump into this kiwi little then um mm. it's got a really really sweet nose incredibly sweet you can see it's kind of almost middling to um the two sort of colors that we've had so far but maybe a little bit more orange it's very hazy it had a little bit of head dissipated quite quickly but incredibly sweet nose. Maybe a little bit of um, orange and something just a little bit stronger in there as well. Maybe something like passion fruit. Mm. Oh, the fruits. Mm. Oh, it's such an All easy... All the orange fruits. Yeah, yes, yes. All the orange <laughs> fruits. Um, that's exactly how it tastes. It tastes like it's just filled with all the orange fruits. Um, it's very, very easy. Uh, it, it, it doesn't have much carbonation at all. A um, little bit kind of towards the end, and it's got a little bit of a piney hit uh, right at the end as well, which that carbonation kind of almost leads into. Um, but the, the, the nose and the flavour are really, really similar. You don't get quite the sweet hit in the flavour as you do in the nose. But you're definitely getting sort of a little bit of orange, Maybe a little bit of passion fruit. There's some light citrus in there as well. Maybe a little hint of lime just sort of sitting in the back and kind of maybe pulling that sweetness away that you get on the nose. You know, you're not getting that sort of lime in the nose, which is why it's super sweet. Yeah, in the flavor, that lime kicks in and just kind of mm. undercuts that, that sweetness a little bit, maybe just taking away from that. But again, that lime as, as well helps to lead into that very very light sort of piney finish and it's it feels incredibly wet when you first drink it and just dries out really quickly um so i'm sat here with this lovely lovely sort of you know kind i mean it does taste like lilt <laughs> and it does have a lot of kiwi in it, it it's as they sort of say but there's these other little flavors going on in there as well, just to sort of pull it kind of all the way through up to this nice, dry, slightly piney finish. So incredibly easy. 
as Adol, as you say, you don't you don't really <laughs> notice sort of sipping away. I think I'll be the same with this. Like it will dry me out. And I'll just just reach for it without even thinking about it and, and knock it back. I'm going to put the rest into my glass just so I don't miss any um, because it's very very nice. No, you wouldn't want you forgetting about any. You know. Exactly, exactly. I'll reach for my my glass. And, oh, it's all gone. None left. There'll be half a tin left. Oh, I've ruined <laughs> ruined my evening by forgetting. Uh, no. Let's jump in then to games. And we can sit on these beers for a little bit. Drink them as we go and enjoy them. But, Adam, as you are guesting with us this week, uh, I believe there's a couple of things that we have on the docket to talk about. But uh, um, I know you're sort of coming in a bit freeform this evening <laughs> to sort of you know chat about some random stuff. Uh, well, do you want to start with anime or Crusader Kings? <laughs> <laughs> Your choice, sir. Your choice. What, what's uh, the difference? <laughs> um, one of them has more animation. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> Both probably uh, have children eating their parents. Um, mm. uh, naked well, religions. Yeah. They're probably in both. Yeah. Well, are we are we talking <laughs> anime or hentai now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. Well, why don't we start with Crusader King? Since I, I wrote about that for the site, that's up. Yeah, uh, that sounds good. My article. Um, you know, it, it's on uh, Game Pass. So, again, one of the games that is very much in my wheelhouse that I've never really gotten to before until mm. now. Yeah, I've. I come from very much the the Total War kind of side mm-hmm. of things, uh, particularly for Grand Strategy. I've played a lot of Total Wars over the years. Uh, and Crusader Kings 3 from Paradox is my first Crusader Kings game, but I've heard plenty of stories about uh, CK2 and 3 uh, from various podcasts, which have always been very intriguing because you see on like PC Gamer or like Waypoint and stuff like that, uh, they, they often do quite good write-ups of them, of... Yeah. What what happens mm. in their campaigns as they're playing them and why mm. they're interesting and I've always thought oh, I need to get to that one day and then I thought oh, Game Pass is a pound. <laughs> well, why not start? Uh, and so the the write up I did is my third game of uh, Crusader Kings. Uh, okay. third... You mean Crusader <laughs> Kings three? Yes. Three? Sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the first game was the tutorial, which you know. I didn't stick with very long after the tutorializing. Yes. Uh, I, I played basically till my first character died. Um, Makes sense. Of, of old age, for, thankfully. <laughs> Which may or may not be rare in this game, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't gotten that for you. Uh, my second game did have some interesting back and forth, but it was more about experimenting. And then my third game had a really nice kind of narrative arc to it so far. Yeah. Uh, that I'm looking forward to getting back to, but I haven't actually played any more since I started my write-up. Um, and that is me playing as the, the Duke of Bohemia, starting in 1066, and uh, trying to make my way up to the top, basically, from there. Mm. And the trials and tribulations and the things going wrong that happen in between. Um, <laughs> but before I go any further, have any of you played Crusader Kings? Ben, I think you have. Yes, yes, I've yeah. played a lot of Crusader Kings 3. It's on my the list. <laughs> tutorial, and I was like, yeah, 
I don't play these games. <laughs> this is re- a lot of reading. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I don't play I mean, these so, games. There's yeah. such massive time sinks as well. Yeah. I, I can't do it. Yeah. These are not my kinds of games, but yeah, like massive time sinks games, like any Sims nowadays are just. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing about people. Do, doing too. weird yeah. things in <laughs> Crusader Kings. I mean, but the, the, the good thing is, is you don't, you don't even need to do anything weird. The game just sometimes does weird shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of them. Sometimes you're minding your own business and something crazy happens. Just kicks down your door and says, hello! <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the right. patch notes for these like kind of games are always... Just reading through those are brilliant. <laughs> like, Stops uh, children from eating their siblings and stuff ah, like yeah. that. It's just yeah. Yeah, really good. <laughs> yeah, they, they can have a bit of fun with those sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah, so you played a lot, Ben. I take it you you enjoy the game then? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. It was, um, I think, third in my um, top games of uh, last year. Um, and since reading your write-up, I have had a... Uh, a little little dabble back into it as as it's sort of running in the background as I'm kind of working away rather than watching Voyager as I have been for the last sort of week Um, well well, I'm pleased to give you something else to do yes yes, just as as another distraction to my day whilst I should be doing something else Um, but yeah I've I've, I've jumped back into it and there's a a few uh, like updates, I don't things maybe I didn't notice before. Um, I'm not sure there was sort of weather effects the last time I played it in terms of it being winter and then suddenly it's all snowy and the ground is, um, you know, suddenly like frosted over and things like that. You know, little little yeah. kind of additions like that. But I think they must have added a ton of stuff um, yeah. to it. There is an expansion, but that's not included oh. in the Game Pass version. Okay. Uh, you have to to pay the extra for that, which I may well at some point. Mm. Uh, but at the moment, I'm just playing the version that's available on that. But you, again, most of the these kind of game paradox have been quite good for adding expansions on a relatively, you know, good frequency for their games mm-hmm. that keeps them fresh and interesting as they go along. So they they morph and evolve as they go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for people who don't know what Crusader Kings 3 is, uh, it's a grand strategy game from Paradox, the interactive. They make quite a few different strategy games. That's sort of their, their thing. Uh, it runs in real time, and you're basically playing as a character. And the idea of the game is from your start date, which can be sort of like 1066 or a bit earlier, right the way through to... What to say, like the seventeen hundreds or so, when is potentially like the the farthest it goes. I don't think I've, I've I've definitely played for several hundred years. Yeah, but it, I've never it can got go that kind of far. Yeah, it can it can. There's an upper limit of that kind of pre-modern sort of era, uh, sort of before the the quote-unquote nation states. Hmm. Sort of start taking over historically speaking, and so yeah, you you play it as a character, and the idea is is that you play your character and you take their dynasty through this time period, and you interact with all the other characters. So you can start as like a duke, like I did as the Duke of Bohemia, which is part of the Holy Roman Empire, 
And then, so I am a vassal of the emperor <laughs> of the, the Holy Roman Empire. And I also have vassals who serve under me, who I have to order about and try and keep in line. And then you have your heirs, which depending on which faction you are, could be like your brother, or it could be your sons or your daughter or whatever. And then so when your character dies of old age or of mishaps or in battle, uh, you then take over as the your, your player heir. And then you start role-playing again as them. And so that leads to so quite interesting and weird and wonderful things that can potentially happen to uh, as you navigate the sort of weird and wonderful world of uh, the upper echelons of society, yeah. <laughs> the ten <the> hundreds, <laughs> and mm. and so on. And if nothing else, it gives you an appreciation for why reading about those periods of history in any detail are very overwhelming. Because you have mm. all of these names, and this person is related to that person who knows this person who's serving that person who owns this bit of land over here and over here because their grandfather did a thing once, and then this person over there did that. And you see, it suddenly makes sense to you why English barons who overthrew King John or one of the kings had holdings in France, even though they're English. <laughs> And and so on and so forth. And suddenly all of that stuff starts to make a little bit more sense as to why it's as chaotic and crazy as it is. Yeah. Uh, That's you why you hear of... nowadays that MPs are living in the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, again, it's all about accumulating power and wealth and using it to be in charge, basically. Tory simulator. Yeah, and you can do that in so many different ways. And there's all sorts of... Uh, you know, obviously the, there's battles. Uh, you don't take control of them. They're uh, they just happen on the campaign map. Uh, you marry off like your children and stuff to people to create alliances, because the only way to have alliances is either through blood or marriage. And you know, and you you try and work your way through everything that way. And it's as I said, it leads to some interesting, crazy goings on. Uh, as I detail in my grand plan and my uh, yes. uh, it looks like uh, someone could read this in 300 years time not that the earth will be around in like 60 <laughs> and they think oh yeah. my god what was, what was uh, yeah. Adam Baron of Scotland doing yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean you, I, can't, I could play it in Scotland there'd be a Baron that'd be interesting yeah, the pandemic did strange things to these people, and now they're all just eating each other alive. It, it's yeah. one of those things. Like my first playthrough, because I'm like, oh, I could be anyone. I guess I will be. I can't remember who it was, like Alfred or Eric or some person, but whoever was then the Duke of Wessex. Yeah, um, which is where I'm kind of originally from, um, yeah. and I thought, yeah, I'll start with this. And and England or Britain around that time in sort of 1066 just constantly gets invaded, and <laughs> all I was, all my character was doing was like, oh, I'm this person's vassal now. Oh, okay, now I'm this person's vassal now. Now I yeah. can take over a little bit. Now I'm leaning into Somerset a little bit. Okay, let's take a little bit of that. Let's go in down into Devon a little bit and take a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm still kind of someone's vassal. And then there's, the, you know, 
the way that they do their succession is through voting. So I at then some point became the king of England. And then that was just massively disrupted by whoever was, uh, um, you know, in Mercia and Sussex and all of these kinds of other places who were then your yeah. vassals who wanted to currently fight you. So I'm currently now playing through um, as I've never heard of the um, the place, but it's basically slightly east of Estonia. I'm like, I'll just try over here somewhere just to see what it's like as a, you know, as a new okay. as a new playthrough yeah. as a new playthrough I, I do okay. I do like that as a as a system for picking is that how about over there mm. yeah <laughs> I don't don't remember looking at that bit in my previous playthrough let's just exactly. yes exactly exactly yeah, like, I know nothing about this area of the world did Let's you recognise any of the names of anything you are near? Definitely it? British. Then don't know what's over here. Let's go conquer it. So <laughs> some of the there are some there are some names. Um, I won't uh, try and remember them whilst we're discussing it. But there are some yeah. names like history. You know, Estonia currently exists. Finland currently exists. And then there's a lot of like Sami yeah. tribes and stuff. Kind of you know yeah. just to the north of that. Uh, there's lots of early sort of Russian. And, and uh, you know, a northern, eastern kind of Baltic um, sort of peoples that I'm currently butting up uh, with, plus this massive invading force um, kind of who are just systematically taking out and, and currently coming kind of west, um, which looked like it was kind of Turkmenistan or somewhere like, you know, what, what is now Turkmenistan? It's kind of like not quite the Scythians. We're not back as far as, as as that but it's kind of somewhere there who have just yeah. been sweeping up up through um it's it's like yeah to have that little bit of that kind of history element to it as well and whilst this kind of deviates from that you know it's not yeah these are the things that happened and you have to fit in with those sorts of things it allows you to create your own fiction sort of around that but it has yeah bits of history to it which are really interesting to to sort of be like oh, okay i can see kind of how these different areas sort of all then turned into what is then lithuania or what was the you know the russian sort of block kind of thing yeah that that, that is what i find fascinating about these games in some ways is it gives you that historical base point and gives you these systems that sort of vaguely simulate roughly sort of what people were trying to do and puts you in the shoes of someone who was there and go have at it and see <laughs> if you can do any better will you be brilliant and conquer everything or will you be stabbed in the back by your brother because he doesn't like you <laughs> uh, and the decisions you've made and you didn't realize like it it does uh you say it, it takes these historical starting point and with the systems in place gives you the tools to just move forward. Is it, again, I use Total War as my kind of base point for a lot of this stuff, and it works in such a completely different way to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and on the, the strategic map, because everything has to have justification. Uh, so, like, how you control land is based on titles. Uh, mm. You have titles to counties. Uh, titles to duchies and kingdoms and empires and they're all interlinked by what they call in the game the the, the, the jure system 
so again, they have a broadly historical basis, mostly. Mm. Uh, like the the Duke of Bohemia was a place, or Bohemia is a place. You know, the whole Roman Empire is made up of all these different dukedoms and baronies and all the rest of it, and the different counties and stuff. And and you know they interlink, and then they become part of this empire, which is the Holy Roman Empire, and then it's the same in, you know, like, Wessex is part of the Kingdom of England, which can go on to become the Empire of Britain, and so on. Mm-hmm. You know, and and again, the the systems in place that you can change those as you're playing, and you know, if you go and capture a bunch of territory that's not within the de jure of, like, your kingdom, it can become so after a certain amount of time, because you've held it for so long, it sort of assimilates in. Uh, and so on and so forth. So the map changes as the games progress in that way, but it has that basis. So when you start a war, you have to have a claim to one of these titles. Uh, so it can either be for a single county, or it can be for a whole kingdom, and you can fight over them. And it's based entirely on that. So if you win, you get up to a hundred percent. You win loads of battles and capture territory of them. Uh, you win, you get to enforce your demands and you claim whatever it was you declared the war over. Uh, be it a title or, you know, be it a single county or the whole thing. Uh, okay. So you can deviate from real world history yeah. in that sense? Yeah. By yeah. tweaking the settings? Or, or can you just do that? No, just, you can just do it. No, that's, just, just, that's just playing through the, oh, okay. the game. So that's just the way Sorry. the system works. So there's there's, there's yeah. ways be... to, even though, say, yeah. you might be this person who only has only ever come through a Linux of succession for this area, there are, uh, like, mechanics where you can fabricate claims. So yeah. you, can, hmm. you can get your sort of, uh, um, your courtiers to... Um, spend time fabricating a claim on a county or somewhere like that. And that then allows you that sort of avenue to then lead off to other sort of things. Um, it very much depends on the sort of the character that you decide to start. Essentially, you know, you could decide I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to start at this date and I'm going to be the King of England. I think there's two starting dates. There's 1066 and then there's 863 or something like that. Right. Um, uh, and you, you can basically say, I'm going to be this character who is, you know, in charge of this massive area. And I'm going to, okay. I'm going to put myself in right at the top and see how everything kind of happens from there. Whether my children come in as successors and how that sort of plays out between them and all of this sort of stuff. Or you can start off as, you know, lowly uh, kind of. I'm going to be the Baroness of Battersea. Yeah. <laughs> Um, exactly, like the, and try and more like the wench of Wandsworth. But yeah, I can be the wench of Wandsworth, and I can basically say I'm going to conquer everything, and now Battersea's yeah. yep. the center. You can, of the you can, you can marry in. Cool. You can marry into another area as well. You can marry your kids off, as Adam said, and they can then form alliances with other people. Um, there, there's lots of sort of ways that you can also kind of like scheme and stuff. And one of the things that's just happened in my most recent playthrough is that I had, uh, when I started as the character I started at, he already had a, a kid, but not uh, like a legitimized bastard, basically, who was then the player heir because he didn't have any other children. 
Yeah. And then through sort of the, the, the spouse that I then chose, they had a kid who then became the heir, who then was the target of a murder scheme by his half, half brother, your half brother, yeah. um, who then I imprisoned because of this. And whilst he was in prison, the kid died anyway. So he then became the player heir again. And I'm like, oh, bollocks, because I imprisoned him. Everyone else now hates him. And then my character died and I became that character and everyone fucking hates him. I'm like, brilliant. What a great place to be. Uh, yeah. It, it can backfire on you spectacularly. And like, uh, the, the thing that I like the most about playing these sorts of strategy games is the fact that you fail miserably half the time playing them. <laughs> yes. Um, it's about, it is the learning process that makes mm. them fun for the most part, mm. especially in the beginning, because, you know, as I said, I'm on my third playthrough. If I understood the entire system, what happened to me in my story or and how I conquered my son in a kingdom and uh, he now hates me for it, <laughs> uh, wouldn't have happened because I would have understood what I was doing and what it meant. Uh, in a way that I didn't before I did it. <laughs> Until I got to the end and went, oh, 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 crap. <laughs> that didn't go to plan at all. Um, it's it, like a Mac Venture game where it's like, you just want to see all the grisly deaths. And it's just like, yeah. I'll walk into this pit that doesn't have a light and then they're just explaining graphic t- detail what happens to your mangled body. So yeah. yeah. I know I know the joy. I mean there is a lot of that. The sick joy. There is yeah. a lot of that as well. <laughs> yeah, it's because the 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 best strategy games on this kind of scale, and Total War is a good example of it, is they give you the tools to understand why you failed. Mm. So they give you the information that you need so that when you fail you go, Oh, oh now I understand why that happened. Or, oh, I should have prepared for this eventuality better. Or, it was really silly of me to make this army full of peasants and send them to the most fortified <laughs> city in the entire campaign map. That was obviously daft. I should have brought a better army. Or 12. <laughs> you know, and they, they give you the information and the tools that you need so that you can see how the systems are working and interacting. And so when it works well, you do have these experiences where... I was trying to do this, and I did this and this, and then that happened, and everything went to fucking shit, <laughs> and it all failed, and now, now I know not to do that again. <laughs> this time, I'm going to do this instead, you know. So, in, in, instead of doing, instead of building that building, I'm going to build these couple of buildings, and spend a bit more time building up some money and buy more mercenaries this time because they have better troop quality <laughs> and they'll turn the tide in the battles and then I'll kick that stupid bastard's ass <laughs> and he'll be none the wiser because obviously the game doesn't know I'm planning to do that. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's that process that I enjoy quite a lot with these games and that's why you end up spending a couple hundred hours playing them. And uh, the you, best yeah, ones... Right. And the best ones still throw the occasional surprise at you. So even though I understand the system and I'm and I'm making these plans and I'm doing well and I'm succeeding for the most part, there'll still be things that crop up that get the better of you. And I can see the places where that's going to happen in Crusader Kings 3 where even though I won all the battles, 
and I won the wars I I started on purpose. <laughs> Nothing. It didn't go entirely to plan, and there's always the possibility that someone who doesn't like me has me killed, <laughs> and that could happen any time. <laughs> Particularly if I'm already trying to kill them, and they find out. <laughs> yes, it, it's always the. Don't you want to come to my feast? Invitations. I'm like, mm, do I? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, that, that's one of the things that I didn't bring up in my write-up, but I had one of my other sons just invite like all of his other siblings to a feast at one point. They were all underage, so it came and asked me. I would be delighted if uh, X and Y could come to my feast. I'm like, okay. And then two seconds later, I would love if this person could come too. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it just kept happening, and I'm like, are they all gonna die? <laughs> like, like now, I, the first couple weren't suspicious. Now they're getting suspicious when they invited all of them. Uh, they, they came back fine this time, but next time they might not be so lucky. Exactly. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh, uh, because that that particular son was he was my vassal and had control over like two counties, but didn't wasn't of age yet anyway. It was one of those kind of weird ones. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so it can throw up some, some interesting surprises and I'm I'm interested to see where my game goes from here now that my son who hates me controls a kingdom bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something that if you check the, the right up, I put the maps in, uh, some screenshots of the maps that show you my kingdom of Bohemia, which is like this big, and then Hungary, which is like this big. <laughs> like right next to it. It's when, it's when you and, do start getting into the uh, Crusades uh, as well. Uh, and yeah. you have to send people along and nominate people who would then be... Um, you know, landowners and, and kings or queens within the, um, you know, the old world sort of thing because yeah. the, the, because the Catholics, are, well, the Pope has <laughs> essentially decided that. What a place to stop. Yeah, the, um, yeah. the Pope has decided that, that this land is now going to be his. So send, yeah. send your best people down there. Um, it gets really fucking messy, like insanely messy when you're trying to balance yeah. kind of all the stuff going up here and then a load of stuff going on down here and other marriages and all of these other things and everyone going, hey, can you come and help me fight this war, please? And I'm like, oh, but my people are all the way over. You know, it gets absolutely insane, which is brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they, they do like to keep Only you busy. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> How long did the tutorial take you? Uh, I'm now curious. I, I, I'm like tempted to dabble, but I want to know what I'm getting into. Uh, the tutorial was like two hours, roughly, by the time I... Because I, I took my time reading through everything it was telling me. And then... Because yeah. the, the tutorial basically... It, it starts you off as like a petty king in uh, Ireland. Mm. Uh, mm. So Ireland is, you know, it's not a whole kingdom yet. It's still in the multiple people own little slices of it, and it starts you off as one of those, and it takes right. you through sort of the basics of here's your court, here's their council positions. You want to put people who have the right attributes in these positions, but some of like your your vassals and stuff will basically demand a position on it. Mm-hmm. Even if they're 
fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> because they are quote unquote quote unquote powerful. Uh you know, because they they own a couple of counties or whatever or they you know, you can imagine that when that scales up to when you're a king and you'll have like a powerful duke who wants a seat on the council because he owns, you know, like a third of the territory that's quote unquote under your control. Uh, right, and you're going to want to do that to keep him happy, even if he's absolute dog shit at all of the jobs. <laughs> and you have plenty of more capable people who would do better, but you might want to keep him in place to keep him happy, sort of thing. So it takes you through, you know, the basics of how that works. It takes you through starting a war and you know how that works and so on. It takes you through the different things, and then it basically just kind of lets you just continue in that scenario for as long as you want. So I just kept playing that kind of tutorial starting mm, point right. until uh, my character died, as I said, of old age in his mid sixties or something like that. Mm. <laughs> you know, which was old oh, at the time. <laughs> Very um, old. Yeah. Um, and then I decided to, to, you know, to start a second one fresh and put some of what I learned into practice. And Makes sense. That that went terribly. So I then started my third <laughs> game, which is going much better. Yeah. I do enjoy the mm. title "Petty King," not like he's yeah. you know yeah. a, a, a king of a small land or, or subordinate of someone else, but he's just like fucking people. <laughs> all these yeah. other kings doing all that stuff. Why can't I do that stuff? Yeah. I assume that's what. It means. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want this game to have like you know supernatural things in it. Like I want to discover like alchemy and live forever, <laughs> and that's what I'd like, be interested. You know, some end people. It'd be interesting to see because I'm again I'm playing through Game Pass. Uh, have always mm-hmm. have always played through Game Pass. We're interested to see what the mod community is like on on Steam because yeah. there's nothing on on yeah. Game Pass mm. at all. So yeah, just make it Middle Earth. But yeah, Middle Earth, Game of Thrones. I bet all of this stuff has has kind of like come up yeah. and been sort of used. So suddenly to be like, I'm going to start as uh-huh. the White Walker King and just <laughs> eat everybody. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if this. I wouldn't be surprised if there's quite a lot on like Nexus mods or something like that. I haven't looked yet. Because there is an option on the like menu when you open it for mods. What's that? Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, so so when you launch it to a Game Pass, it comes up with a like paradox, the, like opening doing yes. thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it does lead you through the paradox client. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a there's a menu thing in there for for mods before you yeah. like launch the game. Uh, so you should still be able to put them in mm, somewhere. Mm, as long as they've gone through yeah. Paradox, yes, yes. And I, the, the Paradox were amazingly good at mods uh, and integrating them for City Skylines. Um, yeah. mm. Absolutely fantastic for that. Even bringing on people who had done mods into their teams and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I haven't, I didn't even realize that. So I will, I will have a look. And I, I will say yeah. that the integration, the, the way that, you click play on Game Pass and it takes you to the Paradox client to start it up. Brilliant. Why doesn't everyone, why isn't EA games that much easier to play through fucking yeah. Game Pass? All those other people that I mean, wanting to do it. Like Paradox just seems be... to have, have nailed playing yeah. their game. <laughs> I mean, I would prefer oh, that it didn't open up anything and just. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, I, I've done some Googling mm. <laughs> because that is my resident new role. role. Yes. Apparently, um, when you go, you know how you have to like sign on to Xbox Live every time you run a Game Pass game? Yes. Well, if you go into your Xbox Live page, uh, in the privacy and online safety bit, you can uh, check a box that is... You can see and upload community creations, and you can click everyone. Um, and then that should mean that mods show up okay. on your Creative King's splash screen. So instead of saying news and settings, it'll be news, mm. mods, and settings. Oh, ah, I, I already just have the should mods. should pop up. Yeah. Um, so I must have clicked that already. <laughs> um, <laughs> What do but I yeah, want to do? Right? Like, apparently, make this unsafe. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just have to basically tell Xbox you want to see mods, and yeah. th- as far as I could tell, this is like a global thing for your account rather than tied to a game, cool. which means any other uh, Game Pass game that allows mods mm. via this flag would then also work. Macho Man, Randy Savage, Death Claws. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I own excellent. it. I would assume. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. It's a a good place then, with a little bit of information, for us to move on from Crusader Kings 3. Uh, I think we're probably all ready for another beer. C. Perfect. No. (laughs) Uh, Lucy! Yeah. Oh, no, oh, you're still drinking. You're still drinking. Lucy! Just a little. 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 Just a It is a porter. It's a porter. It has water, barley, hops, yeast. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Glad those things are there. Yeah. It has a weird dude <laughs> on the can. Uh, I don't think yeah. you're. I assume <laughs> they're the sup. Uh, they're what's the sup? It doesn't work. Yeah, so it's a five percent porter. It's whiplash. Um. Unfiltered it's and half pasteurized. Man, half rhinoceros, beetle, or something like that. Well, I get so I, you say that, but actually, it looks kind of like there's like <laughs> it's almost like there's an Asian character in the background, and then this is just a cutout. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like something akin to the shape. It doesn't matter. It's a weird image. Google it, yeah. podcast yeah. listeners. <laughs> yeah, the, the the sup is almost the weird thing you would say to it. Uh, B tier uh, horror movie when you see it in the hallway. The sup. As it kills you. Uh. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm gonna wish I didn't show that poor on screen. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a frothy boy. Uh, Lucy, yeah. what are you uh, cracking yeah. into next? I'm opening a Wiper and True uh, Amber Ale. It's called Tea and Biscuits. Does that ring a bell to I drank that yeah. about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> nice. But it wasn't on the podcast. So no. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I laughed, because it was just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, good. We can compare and contrast mm. notes then. Um, 
What's the percentage? Well, it was like 4.8%. Four point... Mm-hmm. Um... What's this? EU address. Ugh. 100%. Anyway. Why couldn't you export the beers to Europe? I didn't. Yes. No. I guess so. But... Okay. I mean, um, if they're smart, they will. Yeah. Um, anyway. Developed in collaboration with tea experts Canton, this amber ale is a homage to tea and biscuits. A bespoke loose-leaf Earl Grey blend brings a harmonious chorus of bergamot, lemon, lime, and black tea, partnered beautifully with... Uh, beautifully by a gentle, sweet, biscuit-scented malt base. A complex yet comforting beer. I didn't know it was Earl Grey. That's very nice. Get it, get it cracked. Yeah. Get it open. Get it poured. I am going to open uh, another Arbor beer. I had one last week. I'm going to have another one. Uh, Yakima Valley. I, I know we've had uh, like double Yakima on the pod. Um, have we have we just missed the OG Yakima? I don't know. I feel like we've probably drank it before, but I mean, a, a, a quick search. Craft beer, isn't it? I mean, it's craft beer. Yeah. Uh, it'd be different, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. I don't know. When I searched the site, I couldn't see mention of this uh, Yakima Valley, uh, but it's 7% American IPA. Uh, it's got Amarillo, Cascade, Chinook, Citra, and Summit in it. Uh, of course, it's Wiper and True, so it's in a big pint can. Um, that's everything on there. I will get it cracked. And we'll circle back. Adol, to you. Head's gone. It now looks very similar to Adam's Cola. I mean, that's a very similar thing to say about the can art as well, wasn't it? Head's gone, but... Hey! <laughs> well done. Um... Yours has more oh, wow. head, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Still. Um, I'm holding up Coca-Cola bottles just in case you don't know what Coca-Cola <laughs> looks like. <laughs> it was for comparison. Uh, yes. Indeed. Because <laughs> of it's, course uh, it'd be easy to forget. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's really lovely. Um, oh, I'm struggling with what that notice it's um it's got a underlying sweetness it's got the booziness even though i think you said it was five percent mm-hmm. that what i said it's got a boozier nose than five percent it smells like a porter it's got a bit of that root portery smell um but there's this like light sweetness on top again obviously malts in the middle of those two notes just like a oh there I'm, I, there's a note, and I cannot, for the life of me, figure out where where what I'm recognizing. Be sure. And I really want to say it, obviously, but I have a nomi on it. So there's this thing. It's really pleasant. Uh, <laughs> it, it makes smell better. <laughs> um. Ah. So yeah, it's because it's five percent. It's a little less. On the mouth, feel less clingy than I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's really that's kind of light i would say um this is like this would be a good porter to introduce someone to the the type with because it's not in your face it's not it's multi it's got some roasted notes um less honestly you're not getting a lot of the oats i'm getting a lot more of like roasted barley um coffee notes but again really t- toned down uh we'll see if maybe the um the piney grapefruit has just is influencing my palate right now still but it has the lingering roasted notes um n- not burnt coffee just light coffee um i think the last thing i had that was coffee-ish like last week i was like ah it's kind of or maybe it was a week before it doesn't matter recently i had something that it was like oh yeah it's like burnt diner coffee like it's like the coffee has been burned it's that in your face this is the like polar opposite it's like Mm -hmm. oh yes light uh, like light tastes of coffee but again like just not like oh this is a coffee tasting beer um (coughs) you know Maybe it's because I jokingly mentioned Adam's Cola, but I do feel like there's a rooty cola <laughs> taste in here. What I really like about the roasted um, notes is it kind of comes in after the cola e stuff and kind of dissipates, and you're left with just this like light, lingering, slightly mouth-drying, um, like a, a, a bitter porter finish, mm-hmm. just but really light. Um, and there's a sweetness sitting on top. And I, this is why I think it's like, hey, you've never had a porter before? It would be a really good thing to present because it has all the, all the, you know, it, it checks all the boxes, but everything's toned down and nothing stays for very long. The primary taste fades quickly. The finish is really light and kind of fades quickly. And, but it's, it's all like well under surface level. It's not, this is not like a, oh yeah, a fucking porter, mate. Like this is a... <laughs> These are the if you like any of these things, like maybe you would like to try more of this versus. But like, if you don't, this you can finish. It's not. It's not like you know where you hand someone like a a black IPA that's like super kind of boozy, and then they're like, "What the fuck is this? Please take it back!" (laughs) Right? This will never that like don't think will happen unless the person doesn't like beer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that was notes or, or me just describing a, an experience without any helpful additions to the to the audience. But that, those are those are my thoughts. Doesn't matter. It's my fault. Yeah. Uh, Lucy, the wiper and true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I expected like a um, this to be like kind of like a deal's last beer, like quite clear. Uh, but no, it's very murky. Mm. It looks. In the nicest way, it looks like uh, pond water. Um, it's opaque, you can't even see through it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely got amber um, colour to it. Um, yeah, dark orange, uh, amberish. It's not quite red or anything. But uh, yeah, the, the, the smell of the Earl Grey is just so prominent. Um, it, it like even caught the back of my throat almost <laughs> smelling it. It's just really strong. But it's nice. It's, it's a beautiful smelling beer. If you like the smell of Earl Grey, that is. But yeah, it smells like a, a, a iced tea. Yes. Hmm. Not a iced tea or smells like iced tea? The iced tea. 
Uh, the man himself. <laughs> yes, the man himself. I sniffed him. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was going to be my follow-up question. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beer's flatter than I thought. Mm. It's um, which which kind of matches with like you know iced tea. It's not like you're not gonna don't really get like you know very bubbly or frothy or effervescent iced teas. Like they are very like kind of still. Complete contrast um, to the last beer, which was just just so fizzy. Um, but you're not getting as much Earl Grey in the actual taste as you are in the aroma, but you are getting mm. it. The hint is there. I guess some of the black tea as well. Um, especially if you take your coffee, not coffee, your tea black and just, you know, let the let it steep for a bit, sort of getting that as well, but probably getting that more, a little bit more than the old grey, actually. What else did it say? Um, there's a little bit of bitterness at the end. Bergamot, yeah, I'm probably getting the bergamot as well. Black tea, um, that's got a bit of a lemony, limey zing as well. Not too much, it's not sour like the last beer. I think, to be honest, it's 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 it's, it's the perfect antidote to the last mm. beer, where it's just like almost the complete opposite. Where yes, you are getting a bit of fruit, like the the bergamot, the lemon, the lime, and not getting the apples, and it, it just feels so much more reserved. Is the wrong word because you know it's not like um, the colonel went out to make like a crazy, I don't know tiny rebel-esque fierce beer kind of like mad concoction but I mean neither just tastes like an actual beer but I think I'd much rather drink this I'm like kind of spoiling my favourite but I'd much rather drink this just because it is it's a bit more pared back, it's a bit more reserved It's a, the flavours aren't so they're more subtle mm. Um, mm. That's, that's exactly what I thought it's, it's very light, it's yeah. very subtle you do get the flavors that it's pushing through, but they 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 kind of almost they're like, hey, we're here, but we're almost trying to give way to the other things that are, are sort of happening. And there is that yeah. more biscuity kind of malty backbone to it, which again is incredibly yeah. light, but just sort of sits throughout the whole kind of flavor. It as does, well. yeah. Mm. I think I think especially like the malty base is. Yeah, it's subtle. I, th- I think if you you were looking for like a, a nice, if, if you like say didn't like beer as Adil was saying before, then it's not a case where I don't think you could pit this up and be like, this is a nice like iced tea kind of beer, quote unquote. Mm. I think that bit of bitterness and the bit of maltiness, I think that would put someone off if they didn't like beer. I think mm. there's there's just enough of that where that would um ruin the experience but for me who's yeah i want a bit a bit more of that those beer sensibilities rather than cider yeah. or just iced tea um that helps immensely with this so yeah this is all right it's, um the other earl grey beers i'm trying to think of, i know marble do one mm-hmm. she's quite nice and um can't remember the others but yeah for for, for an earl grey um, beer. It's decent. I, I like how, as a reserve it is. Um, you think 
going in just smelling it, there's going to be a ton of Earl Grey and that's just going to dominate everything. But it's just so mm. much more reserved in the taste. And yeah, it, it, it's a very easy drinking beer because it is so smooth and, you know, flat in a non-condescending way. Yeah. It's good. Good. It's what I expect from my friend, really. Mm, yeah. Like, subtle, subtle flavours just done very yeah. well. Um, unlike this Yakima Valley, it's nothing subtle about the, the, the beer. Look at that. Look at that thick, juicy oh, wow. boy. There's nothing subtle about that. Or the nose. Which <laughs> and is, no head at all. Uh, it poured with a little bit, but it disappeared mm. quite quickly. Um, this nose, though, is incredible. It's, it's so dank. So dank. There's a little bit again, a little <laughs> bit of fruitiness in there, but I mean, it looks not far off. I mean, it's a few shades lighter than my beer, but it's just like opaque, mm. yeah, and murky. Yeah. And murky is a good murky, word, yeah, yeah, absolutely murky. And again, that comes across in the uh, in the flavour as well, because there's so many hops in this: uh, uh, Amarillo, Cascade, Chinook, Citra, and Summit. And it's a, it's a bit of a murky mash of flavours going on. As the nose had that tiny bit of fruit and it was very sort of dank. The flavour... It follows through with that. But it adds in this... Mm, this kind of... We talk about this kind of like ashy, smoky... Uh, um, sort of almost harshness to a, to a bitterness that you can get. It's got that sat at the back as well. So whilst it has, again, on the flavour, a tiny bit of fruit, a lot of dankness to it, it's really, really weedy. Um, mm. it, it then has this really, like, very light, but very harsh Bitterness, like if this, if the bitterness was dialed up a couple more, you you would sort of sit here and be like, "I have absolutely just eaten a cigarette." Um, whereas, <laughs> wait, do cigarettes eat bitter? <laughs> I was, no, was going to no, say no, taste no, no, bitter, no. but like obviously it, taste. It's it, it, it's got that real smoky, ashy kind uh, of note to gotcha. it. Um, oh, so it's not. Invoking the feeling you would have after someone had forced you to eat the cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different thing. I I feel better about that. (laughs) It's kind of, it's just, just balanced out enough with that kind of initial sweetness. Again, maybe a little bit of, uh, a little bit of grapefruit. A little tiny hint of citrus, but that fades really quickly to leave you with this finish. Um, it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's 7%, so it's a bit bigger for what Arbor normally, uh, uh, kind of push out when they're in their sort of mid fives and mid sixes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a big old flavor that I think, getting not to get too ahead of ourselves, I think it's a big flavor that you've got to be in the mood for. Like incredibly mm. smoky. Incredibly weedy and dank. Um, it's 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 definitely and it, it calls itself rather than Amer- an APA. It's not an American pale ale. It's an American IPA. So it's it's trying to almost I guess dial up the IPA qualities rather than being just a bigger, lighter uh, beer. So we'll see how it, it, it 
sits and how it kind of my palate adjusts to it as we as we mm. go. Uh, but we'll jump back into topics. Um, and Adam, I know you want to chat a little bit about uh, anime. And we will do so. We won't spend uh, too long on it, but I just want to check in with everybody else uh, before we yeah. do that. I, I know there's um, perhaps some talk of uh, Forza Horizon 5 as well. Uh, Lucy, did you have anything else that you needed mm. to cover this week? Uh, no, I haven't played anything. Like, <laughs> I started Inscription oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. run, and it's like, uh, I... I I want to play more of that game, but I want to. I want to dig deep into it. It's one of those games where it's like, okay, this isn't just going to be a card game. There's going to be weird stuff going on around the fringes, and mm. it's like I want to dig into that. And I've, I'm still on my first run outside of the tutorial that I did um, a few a few uh, weeks ago on like the Steam game. Next oh, yeah. fest or whatever yeah. it is, so it's just like, mm. yeah, I just haven't found time, unfortunately. So that's gonna ha- any time that I have spare <laughs> this week, I just want to play that game. I just want to go in a dark room and just, you know, crack the knuckles. by candlelight play mm. inscription. Yeah, mm. <laughs> nice. Uh, just that, that's all I want to do because <laughs> yeah, it's just it, it's it, so far it's very gripping. Um, Good. Even, even though I'm only a little bit in, and it's it's one of those where it's like, yeah, I'm interested to see the just the different cards that you get and decks that you can build, and just like any tactic. Yes, I I do like that when I can stomach it a deal. I I know it's just wrapping, it, it's music when to the wrappings are right. Yeah. When the wrappings well, are right, I I well, like this that. Is, <laughs> this is interesting to me as mm-hmm. as a big card game person, um, but just because. That's my suspicion. Is it's more about getting over the hump of that thinking about that style of play being boring because yeah. it can be like. I mean, there's a reason why so many games have cards in them now is because, and why there's like a million card games out there. Um, it's because it they're just really simple ways of conveying information and mm-hmm. resources, essentially, right? Yeah. And so. It, mechanically they can do all kinds of crazy things mm-hmm. and and so yeah, it's, yeah. i mean there's a reason why people study with flashcards but that's why i'm not mm. i i am of the opinion that like there's a card game out there for most that there is a card game someone in, for everyone to enjoy yeah, uh, but yeah. i often hear people like you know you think i mean i'm a magic the gathering nerd I get that's not for everyone, right? <laughs> um, but often card games are lumped into this notion of like, like super strategic mm. deck building-y things, but actually you can have looser, less like, oh, I need to get the precision of which card to play when because that's the like core of the gameplay to like, ah, I'm these are just manipulating information in really tactile ways. Mm-hmm. And some not all games need to have all like a mail, million different mechanics, yeah. but that's what people think a lot with card games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I genuinely don't dislike card games. <laughs> I mean, it seems like anything strategy like focused, I hate. But <laughs> so I've, pl- I've played a lot of Hearts in my day. I've played a lot of Spider Sons, <laughs> <A bit> Spider Sons, <laughs> just yeah. normal yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like I've never 
dislike card games. It's just probably, yeah, as you say, like the wrappings around it. Like, like I've played a fair bit of like Slay the Spire and stuff. It was, it was, it was oh, yeah. and you like Steam World Quest. Quest. Steam World Quest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never Quest. finished them. I think you did, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like anything those guys do. Mm-hmm. So. I, 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 it was one of those like. <laughs> I'm really into this, I'm really into this, oh, I need to take a break to do work or whatever, and then mm-hmm. I got back to it, and I'm like, oh, oh I just recently changed it. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I literally, it was like, oh, I just, I'm in a, I'm in a dungeon-y place where there's, like, a lot of tough enemies, oh, I've clearly machines. changed to a new deck with one of the newer characters, I don't know how to optimally play, like, I played a couple minutes, and I was like, yeah. Oh, I'm just trash at this game right now. <laughs> and I know some of this like my memory, but also I was like, oh, I think I like did a lot of tweaks, but also I don't remember enough about the game to know like how do I back like how what do I need to do to make it so that I can go back yeah. to something easier to like ah fuck it, I'll just not play it ever mm. again. <laughs> they, they, they do some voodoo magic in their games because they just make them so approachable. Not yeah. easy, but approachable. Like um Steamworld what's a turn based one called? Heist. Uh, heist. Yeah, SteamWorld Heist. Really like that game. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And I hate turn-based strategy. I think I wrote a review for it like 20 years ago. And yeah, it's, I, I, I really enjoyed it. When we were that, wee pups. Yeah. We we put oh yeah when Ben's when telephone we was pups, just a yeah. when we were eye. playing the game <laughs> we pups. <laughs> 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 Not Nintendogs, yeah. Wii Pups. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Inscription is just something I just want to dive into. I'm just looking forward to it. Oh, I picked it up too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sweet. So, I don't want to hear anything about it. Cause I, I haven't, <laughs> I, I haven't started spoilers, it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, hoping... I, I, I've heard enough good yeah. things that I was like, ah, no, I think, because remember last week I was talking about, oh, what's a game I want, might want to dump, mm. jump into? I have a backlog, but also I have the internet and standard gamer FOMO, and I, I've heard such good things. And like, but like Alt F forward as soon as like details came up, so like I know yeah. there's a twist. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what, anything. But I, that, that's yeah. when I started Alt F forwarding. But it's like, oh, it's people who have not hit the twist have been like, great game. People who've hit mm-hmm. the twist are like, amazing game! And I'm like, cool, I'll buy that. There's, there's absolutely That's the kind a, of twist we like, yes. Yes, yeah. yeah. There's, there's absolutely a waypoint I mean, episode that you should all ignore completely. Yeah, I just go to the timestamps and like, hey, yep, skipping yeah, that part. Yeah. But, um, it, I mean, you you get, basically in the tutorialization, um, there's something that it's like, you literally can't win. As far as I know, I don't know if it's like uh, the start of like Symphony of the Night where you can actually mm. beat Dracula or something like that. Anyway, after that, after he, you know this creepy guy across the table says like, "Look, you're out of choices. You know I have to sacrifice you <laughs> and stuff like that." You basically get up from the table that you're sitting at, and you can see where the like kind of escape room kind of mechanics are going to come in there's like all these different things on the wall like knives and hammers and a clock that looks like you can wind and it's like what is all this going to be about it's just immediately like you know um it just draws you in it's like i want to see what the hell all this stuff is and um yeah i i've, I've played like 
the first 20 minutes of this game like four times and it's just like <laughs> and most of that was within the demo and now my proper playthrough and it's just like I, I'm just so intrigued yeah, by it, it because I love mm, Pony yes, Island yes so. and it's kind of yeah, as expected from the Pony Island devs isn't it it's not just this game that there is this wider thing going on that's also also part of the game that you need to sit there and figure out it, it's, it's, it's sat as my um, as like my next purchase um, I was very close to um, taking on Darkest Dungeon 2 uh, the other day mm. and picking that up but I think Inscription just sits above it because it's, it's 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 out it's a full release it's the full package Darkest Dungeon I can jump into probably any time within the next year sure. uh, before it, mm. it's, it's kind of full release when I want to jump into that so yeah Inscription right. is definitely again for me Really high on the on the list of something else to uh, that I want to get to this uh, year. Yeah, I just want to like fake my own death for like one day, <laughs> just like hiding under a blanket. And and... Done. We'll help you tomorrow. <laughs> Sorted. We'll, we'll just, just turn your webcam off at the first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's gone go. she's not here anymore <laughs> goodbye yeah um <laughs> but yeah that's that's that was yeah literally all i pretty much played i just wanted to quickly just shout out to a game um i saw it on itch first of all but it's also on steam and i'm just looking at it because this is a long title it's called it's called Travelers. If on a winter's night for travelers. Um, so just put that into Google. Um, itch.io or Steam. Hmm. It's basically just this uh, series of like four, four or five vignettes. Um, just lovely pixel art. Um, incredible pixel art. I It's free as well, so oh. go play that. Nice. I took the devs like two quid, I think it was. I think when I wanted to buy it, it was on like that Steam, the last Steam sale, and I was just like, oh. here, I'd give you two quid, get the art book or whatever, because the art's just like incredible, like incredibly evocative and um, like uh, atmospheric art, what they do with like the lighting and the pixels, and yeah, it's, 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 it's probably about a one and a half, two hour experience. Um, nice. So yeah, go play that. Nice. Good, good. Yeah. Um, we will roll into then uh, a chat, I think, about anime. And I, I think that will probably lead us into the end of the episode. I think maybe Forza Horizon 5, which released today, um, which mm. everyone can go to our Twitch channel uh, and I assume at some point our YouTube channel to watch Adol's first looks Um playthrough of it which you did a few hours of it earlier today yeah um to see sort of the beginning of the game and stuff you know it's it's one that i think all of us are probably gonna play at some point um oh, yeah i'm just waiting for my thoughts and exactly once you once once that box it. has arrived you can you can get <laughs> into it so once the fridge it's, is, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's maybe something we'll return to next week to uh talk about um you know maybe a bit more in depth once we've all had a little bit of time um, um, to, to play just through. just quickly, did it did it launch okay, Adil, after your issues? Yeah, I mean, it's a hundred gigs first of all, <laughs> hundred and twenty uh, gig. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm not surprised. Um, and so, mm. and my internet was nah, I was only getting like eight megabits down from the Xbox app, um, which sucks, uh, and. <laughs> Then it turns out my internet was acting up. Basically, the stream came went on came on at three 
40 instead of 12 because the <laughs> download was taking so long. I'm like, fuck it. I'll just postpone to one. Nope, three. But then I, from three to 340, it was just dealing with it not turning on, resetting my internet. The internet got back up. But it, my like, I, I think the Xbox app just doesn't have good servers because I okay. grabbed another thing while I was trying to sort out um, like Forza starting up and crashing. Uh, and it was um, still only getting six megs down, but my internet was finally back up to 80. Um, so that's a warning to those who want to get something super big. Mm. Like, start it the day before. Do yeah. <laughs> yeah. it overnight. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, in the end, I uh, Lucy sent me a few helpful links. It says it doesn't like Discord. It doesn't like OBS. These are the things we stream open with. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, it worked with me starting it, running it in admin mode. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, all right. Um, just good for people to know if they want. To... Uh, but the I'm one sure thing... things will be patched by yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, the one thing I will say is, um... uh, sorry, I might have another sneeze coming on. Nope. Yep. Uh, mm. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> there we um, go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, if you aren't going to stream it, for example, I couldn't, like, game capture on OBS wouldn't see it at all. Mm. Just black screen. So, which I think has to do with the weird... Ah, uh, oh, damn it. Um, <laughs> this is the disease podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Forza Horizon 5 gives you the sneezes. <laughs> It's an it's it's the latest vector of COVID. Uh, so, so, so that makes um, it in yeah. For the beautiful flowers um, you Yeah, so <laughs> I will say prepare yourself for fiddling, especially if, especially if you're on Game Pass. Not cool. diddling. I'm not sure I was going to say that. But yeah, we're not talking about the game now, so um, yeah, yeah. It, we'll talk about it, I think, as we But say, I do it, think. It'll be good like, to speak yeah. about it when we, all of us have yeah, played absolutely. it. So. Yeah, so, but I, yeah. I will support the, like, it has day one issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also like kept disconnecting. It kept giving me the "Hey, you're disconnected. You're gonna go into solo play in the seven, five, four, three, two. Oh, apparently you're back connected again. Like all of the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's part of the course these days. I mean, never play. I mean, you're, game you, that, that's you're someone who shouldn't be this flimsy. <laughs> that, that's someone at Microsoft's the center going. Oh, the servers crashed. Dick. Oh, the server crashed again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that server crashed. Yeah. <laughs> You're just just one, one, just one servers. intern. <laughs> one intern going absolutely nuts. Like, oh shit, yeah. reset. <laughs> I, oh, There's oh. one guy who's trying to stream it on OBS. God damn it. He keeps ruining this fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> Um, Perfect, perfect. Let's move on yeah. from then uh, Forza Horizon 5, which we will return to. Next week, in a few weeks' time, depending on how much we've had uh, to put into it. Uh, but Adam, we'll, oh. we'll, we'll leave the floor. You know, got a, you got twenty minutes. We'll, we'll leave the floor I think, to, you <laughs> to chat a little bit about anime. Yeah. And that's not nearly enough time <laughs> to yeah, talk like, about anything. He pulls out a script of a, his favorite episode and just reads yeah. it because he's got 20 minutes. <laughs> and you cut the starting and entering, uh, like the starting and, and finishing the scene thongs. It's, it's, just, it's just Goku powering up. And uh, a couple of characters <laughs> oh, chatting yeah. in the background. That's a, 
No, no, they, I've they, recently they started watching of. Dragon Ball Super, so I am well aware of the power of terribleness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun though. <laughs> it's fun though. <laughs> I mean, the, the the catalyst for this was the the other week I watched the uh, Star Wars Visions, mm. which is mm. uh, you know Disney and Lucas Film Arts, look at whatever. Lucas thing we majigged that Disney owns. It's just Disney now, isn't it? They still have the label. Like it's just like yeah. a it's like a division in the same way that Marvel is a division doing its yeah, own yeah. thing, sort of as a label. It, then I think it's Lucasfilm. Yeah. Okay, Lucasfilm. So they basically approached quite a few different anime studios in Japan, quite famous ones for the most part, uh, to do their own short stories uh, and whatever style they chose, basically, in the Star Wars universe. Brackets, vaguely, <laughs> I guess. It was take Star Wars and do a cool thing. Uh, mm. You know, and... Uh, so there's nine episodes. Each one is by a different studio. There's a couple that are the same studio, but it's different directors, so different styles. Because mm. uh, Studio Trigger has two. Uh, just as an example, there's two episodes that are done by them, and uh, and that prompted me to write a little article again for the site, which you, you know, go check out from two, three weeks ago. Yeah, about two, yeah, about yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, about yeah, about two weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, you, know, you search for my name or search for Star Wars Visions, you'll find it on the site easy enough. Uh, about how it it basically showcases all the stuff that. I enjoy about anime as a medium. Why, why I gravitate towards it as a, a thing as opposed to regular live action television for the most part. I don't really watch anything much anymore that or that is just regular TV. Um, and you know they picked some of the best talent in the world to do uh, some Star Wars stuff with and. In an animated medium, I take it you've all seen Star Wars Visions. No, not yet. No. no. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, no. You can spoil it for me because I'll never. Uh, I mean, sure I've heard two. good things, yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, I heard good things and then started watching Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that... Is it on Disney Plus? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, problem with Disney Plus is that I just watch The Simpsons. <laughs> problem with Disney Plus is I don't have it. That's also a problem, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I do have kissanime.com.ru or whatever it is. <laughs> Kissanime? Uh, is that not shut down? <laughs> uh, yes, I am. I, I did not say an actual URL there. Oops. <laughs> it's right, the internet police aren't watching, it's fine. <laughs> I should hope not. We hope. <laughs> yeah, but the well, I, I won't go into any particular details, and I'll I'd say, I mean, I'd I... say watch it first. The, I mean, the, there isn't very much to spoil about them, kind of story wise, because they're you know they're they're self contained little short stories. It's not like they impact on Star Wars as a universe in any particular way. Uh, they're not. They're yeah, not canon. They're right? non canonical, yeah. right? Yeah, they're, they're they're not canon. So, and again. Depending on the approach of the particular director and the you know the team that decided for each one, so some of them are 
could fit within the canon is in a sort of well over here in this corner of the galaxy you know whatever time this could have happened sort of thing uh, and some of them are way more outlandish and some poke a bit of fun at the whole thing uh, mm. you know in a, in, a, in a kind of in a nice way <laughs> you know in, in a way that only anime can uh, like uh one of Studio Trigger's ones uh, called The Twins, which I think is episode three, I want to say. That is very... How, how, how many episodes is it before you... Yeah, th- there's nine in total. Nine, yeah. sorry, I think you ended up having Yeah. And, like, the, the Twins is good because it takes all of the, the kind of fundamental elements of Star Wars and it just dials them up to 11 and sort of takes them to the sort of ridiculous extreme. But, you know, so it kind of pokes fun at the tropes and the stylings of Star Wars, but it does it in a in a very nice way that creates this great visual spectacle that still has that bit of heart and love in it somewhere somehow that you know <laughs> the, the, you know that you can't somehow yeah because you know some of the visuals in that are ridiculous and if you tried to do them in a live action film <coughs> the prequels. <coughs> They would look <laughs> utterly terrible <laughs> in every possible way, uh, but when you do them in animation, it looks absolutely fantastic, and I loved it. <laughs> and uh, Kyle uh, Barrett, who writes for the site regularly, he hi- also highlighted uh, the twins in particular mm. because he loves how it it doesn't fit with this within Star Wars; it just does its own crazy thing as opposed to some of the other ones that would fit more in the universe that you could kind of slot in as a live action show and not mm. have to change too many elements and it would still work. Uh, you know, he, he likes the fact that it takes it in that kind of crazy fun <coughs> direction and just has a good time with it instead of trying to fit in. Uh, and, you know, again, go read his article for his thoughts on that because it's very good. Uh, and, you know, that's... That's really, it's would really help if you did watch that. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> to, to I, I comment, it's, it's the joy of, uh, um, almost kind of like how, uh, maybe not necessarily. Well, I suppose it is the uh, kind of the, the the sellout to Disney in them wanting to diversify slightly and wanting to do other things, and I, I wonder how much this kind of stuff would have happened had they have not started up their own sort of streaming service and seeing, yeah. you know, Netflix having their uh, kind of originals, picking up like Black Mirror and stuff uh, and then having um, Love, Death and Robots and those kinds of things. And someone at Disney went, right, we've absolutely got Star Wars as a franchise which can fit this kind of thing into it. So we're not just putting out this new release. We've got all of these people who love the words Star wars who will kind of come and watch this you know we, we've already got a yeah. base to be able to sort of bring this in but that doesn't stop our studios and the people that we're going out to from sort of putting their own take on it and with the twins them essentially saying cool uh strange force ghost space force thing that some people can have and laser swords yeah we'll run with that we'll do what the fuck we like with it and you know and being able to kind of take sort of what they want we've got these shows like the mandalorian and there's the obi-wan show and the the live action things which maybe tie in a little bit more 
anime and at least like visions feels like and essentially like how the animatrix did with the matrix films was, it's like yeah you want to tell some fucking crazy stories sure just get someone to fucking yeah. draw them <laughs> yeah but uh, i mean i also think just tagging on to ben's point which is like i think someone has finally realized that like yes there are diehard canon well actually there's no way that you could have a purple sword because there's no purple kyber crystals um you know that asshole Those people don't exist. but but a lot of the people want to see grubby space setting with slightly robish figures and swords that glow yeah um oh, and so- like as and it's and like it's not that these non-canonical um, takes are like. Now there's unicorns in Star Wars. Wait, uh, Adam, I haven't watched. <laughs> or is there uh, unicorn? I mean, it would obviously be like a I mean, saber on on its head, like a horse yeah. which just goes and like twerks its ass, and then it goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, there isn't that specifically. You know. <laughs> ah, nerds. Horses on end of... Yeah. Um, but, like, w- w- to, to actually get on the point, uh, like... Um, I'm just going off the Ewoks uh, cartoon. I know nothing about this. Uh, like, we, we, want, we want the basics to be there, the but actually not worrying about canon means you can have, like another Sith person, yeah. you know, because the you don't have to worry about the there can only be two Sith at one time, and actually, if you look at the timelines that we have in Star Wars, all the spots have been taken for a long time! <laughs> right? Like, you don't have to worry about that shit. You yeah. can just be like, ah, oh, cool! The, you're a Sith, and I'm a non-Sith! Yeah. And a uh, Judith, or whatever they're called. And then... You know, and then they fight, and you get to see, wow, wow, smash, smash, cool. You know, like, it's like getting anime people to do your Lego Star Wars fights, mm, essentially, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And Star Wars Visions is a good place to start with, with anime in particular, because you get nine very different styles of anime. You get, mm. you get different art styles, you get different storytelling styles, and you get a good cross-section of the potential options available to you so you could watch again the example the twins it's done by studio trigger and the, what i would recommend to you is if you haven't watched any anime is google studio trigger and pick something else they've made mm. and watch that or the director uh you know or as well because again they tend to have particular styles that so st- Things made by the same studio can look slightly different because it's different directors and blah, blah, blah. You know, all that sort of stuff, depending on how granular you want to get with it. But the chances are, if you linked a particular episode, if you check out stuff made by that studio, you'll probably find something that looks visually appealing to you. And Mm. then read the synopsis and give it a go from there. (laughs) Or don't read the synopsis because sometimes you're better not knowing. (laughs) And just go for it. And sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes like you read the synopsis and you let know even yeah. more. exactly. <laughs> and sometimes with anime, the synopsis is wholly different to what you're actually getting. Yeah, because th- that's just part of the problem. Sometimes is 
when you boil anime down to a synopsis, quite often it entirely misses the point of the thing. Yeah. So, like, one of the best anime, like, that I've watched in the last year or so is a show called Toramiya, which is basically just a slice of life sort of romance between, like, a bunch of high school students. And normally that's not a story that, you know, particularly draws me in in any sort of way, because, you know, it's not the sort of media I usually go for. And if it was live action, I would have ignored it, probably. Mm. You don't, you don't it, watch Neighbours every week? No, not even close, no. <laughs> Oh, I don't even watch my real neighbours. <laughs> my, my nan watches Neighbours uh, and I catch some of it and yeah. go... <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. But so, so where I mean, like as a synopsis on its own, that whatever the description it would give you, that sort of boils that down, that it's or the or the the genre tags or whatever, doesn't really sound like something that would be in my kind of wheelhouse. But Cloverworks, the studio that uh, made it, made it absolutely heckin' beautiful, (laughs) and it's just an absolutely gorgeous show to watch. Even though, mm. you know, it's not filled with... How do you spell it? It's H-O-R-I-M-I-Y-A. All one word. Romeo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, Thank you. Yeah, it, it's just, it looks incredible. It's a great show to watch. And on top of that, there is also a great story in there with excellent characters and all the rest of it. It has all of those things that back that up. But what drew me to it was the fact that I caught like a little clip of it on Twitter somewhere and thought, wow, that looks actually quite good. So when it appeared on Funimation, uh, which I have a subscription to, you know, I just started watching it. And that that's a perfectly good way of finding anime a lot of the time, is getting into it that way. Mm. Uh, try to think of... Published by Square Enix, the manga. Yeah, yeah, so... It's based on mm. a, a manga, and again, of course, in in Adil's way, the, the manga is better uh, because, of course, it is because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, the, that's, the, that's the, just a fact. Yeah, the, the show is thirteen episodes long, and the manga is however many quadrillion chapters mm. long or whatever billions <laughs> of years. Yeah, of, of course, of course, it's better. <laughs> like that's just how it goes, uh, but. You know the the manga doesn't move. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and as much as, of course, you know one of one of read yeah, it, one it. of the reasons the anime looks good will be because the artwork, the original artwork in the manga, it, its drawing form will be good as well. Of course, you know all that factors mm. into it. But you know that I would highly recommend the anime just based on the fact that looking at it is great, even if you don't like anything else about it uh, even though I ended up falling in love with the whole thing like a stupid idiot <laughs> um, and then the other thing that, that I enjoy about anime which comes a little that goes a little bit with like Kyle's point about the twins taking Star Wars in its own kind of goofy direction is the there's a show I recently watched called uh, Miss Kobayashi's uh, Dragon Maid <laughs> Which is completely off the wall, uh, typical anime weirdness uh, and silly, and it takes 
it doesn't take anything particularly seriously. It doesn't take the fantasy genre particularly seriously. It doesn't take dragons particularly mm. seriously. You know, and it does all of the typical weird anime stuff that a lot of them do. You know, and it plays around with that stuff. But what it does do is it, it takes the character seriously. And so even amongst mm. the quite light-hearted and funny and, and all the rest of it, and again, uh, Kyoto Animation that did that. It's a very nice-looking show as well. Uh but in amongst all of that, they, and as much as they have jokes and it is very silly, they they treat the characters seriously in the heart of it. So when you get to the end and they do actually have a bit of a, you know, we're going to actually have an emotional moment for a change that's actually about something, it lands because they did that from the start, even though all the rest of it is kind of silly and, and not very serious. Hmm. And there's a bit of that in, like, the twins, you know, it, it sort of takes the character seriously, even though they're dialed up to a ridiculous level. There's still something in there that, you know, you can connect to on a sort of genuine level, even mm. though the rest of it is just, it is mostly about the, ooh, flashy swords, way isn't that cool looking? But there is stuff, still that little bit of something to connect to in it as well, and anime is a medium that that does that really well in a way that live action often doesn't. I think it's um, not just it's not just that live action doesn't. It's that, that lots of other mediums don't do that. You know, games don't do that. We don't see, you know, many games even if they're split up episodically. It is genuine, generally a continuation of what has come before. You know, with the Telltale games, always mm. very similar, even though they're in this episodic sort of sense. There's not many yeah. studios out there going, here is a, you know, uh, an art style and a narrative that we're going to present in this way. And then for episode two, we're going to do something completely different. And like, you, know, you do get studios who will move game to game to game to game and, and try new things and do different things. But there's usually a big gap between their releases because they need the time to be able to do that. Anime can give you something slightly different in that regard that you're getting an episode of this and then another episode which isn't linked to that previous one but it comes under the same kind of moniker uh, um, but is made by someone different and gives you something else um, it, it, it seems like a an area which is almost well, not necessarily shunned by lots of other uh, kind of similar sorts of uh, media and stuff but it, it, it's kind of one that I suppose at least in sort of like the UK isn't picked up on, at, you know, as much. You know, we don't have many channels over here showing kind of anime and those sorts of things. You've got to go to subscription services. You've got to pick them up on different sort of uh, media, you know, Blu-rays, DVDs and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. or go to specific streaming services to kind of get them. Yet there's so many kind of advantages to to, to them. You know, we, we currently we've got a live action Cowboy Bebop coming very soon to Netflix. Netflix, and, yeah. And Cowboy Bebop is one of my favorite animes ever. And it's only like 13 episodes long. It's it, like yeah. incredibly mm. short. There's a movie as well. <clears throat> And it just yeah. tells this very kind of like concise story. It's like, ha, done. Don't worry about it anymore. This is it. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that's why I like animes because it's like either 13 or 26 episode run and they kind of know. Or it's like a Shonen Jump style One Piece Dragon Ball thing, in which case it's like, well, strap in, motherfuckers. (laughs) This is going to take hundreds of episodes. And if you still like it, well, One Piece is about to hit episode 1000, I think. Like, it's it's just like, but like, you know what you're getting into if you start watching One Piece. Yeah. But also, even when One Piece started, you knew this is, if if it's good, it's going to last hundreds of episodes. But most anime... If you're lucky and it's good, there's like, oh, the manga kept going and here's season two. Yeah. But also because of just the way like the the structure works, every, even if it's multiple seasons, it's still like a concrete 26 episodes because they just never know. And they won't know for a couple years afterwards probably whether there's going to be a season two. Yeah, unless it's so, like, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. like, there's gaps between, and you just have to be okay with that, which means they have to write endings. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, because it might be yeah. over. And I really value yeah. that because, like, one of the things that sucks about, like, especially American-style, like, live-action television is it's 24 episode se- uh, episodes a season. And, like, that works for one series really well, but by series two the writers are like no like so there's like series don't do well when they have to pad it out to 24 episodes and they can't and they do it year on year in a row and that's why you get like stale stagnant shows yeah the the cw's uh dc stuff is a good example of that for me because i watched you know like the early seasons of arrow and Mm. then and then the flash and i got so far in and then i just started falling off all of their shows and the reason that that started to happen is because what they had was one excellent writing team who Mm. they did like season one and two of arrow and then they moved on to the flash so season three of arrow started and dipping and dipping and then they did a couple of seasons of the flash and then they moved on to whatever the next one was that they started up Supergirl or yeah, what, Doom Patrol what, what, or whichever whatever. one it was. I can't remember anymore. It was yeah. years ago now at this point. <laughs> and, you know, I started falling off of those shows kind of one by one and realized that it had all of the problems of the fact that they were padding out stuff to the 24 episodes all the time to make it a full season because they're locked into that style because it's on TV in America. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they didn't have the writing talent to maintain so many different shows that were interlinked with one another and keep them all mm. at that good quality level. Uh, so yeah, that, that the what as you said, I, I, one of the good things about anime is it doesn't really fit into that. If they have only nine episodes worth of material, they make nine, <laughs> or they make ten, or they make mm. thirteen. You know, they don't necessarily yeah. have to make twenty four. And the ones that make, you know, like 24 or 26 episodes for a season or whatever tend to be ones that have long-running manga series like your Shonen Jumps, like One Piece, like Dragon Ball, like My Hero Academia Mm. and stuff like that. They already know they're big and popular because the mangas sell millions of copies Mm. (laughs) and they have several hundred chapters and blah, 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 and they've been ongoing for all this time. So they know that there's, there's a fan base there for those so they can get away with just adapting them into that and then even 
even in saying that, like My Hero Academia season one is only thirteen episodes, and that first season basically is you know it it boils kind of the entire show down into that that first little arc and gives you mm. you know there's that great kind of introductory like three or four episodes that sort of sets everything up and by the end of that you know whether you like the show or not and the story it's going to tell you and then in the 13 episodes you know or not whether you're in this to go to the end or not yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and i like that that styling you know as i was saying and the, the other thing with anime is with the, a lot of them being adaptations you don't need to filter out the some of them are adapted purely to sell more of the manga by putting it in front of more people mm. because they, they mm. deliberately adapt one 13 episode season or or whatever on the with the cliffhanger ending going but there's a manga <laughs> <laughs> uh, or right. or they adapt the whole thing and give you you know your your long running show or that this manga went from here to here and that's where it stopped and so we have adapted that into a story on anime for you you know, so you have those kind of different tiers of stuff. You can filter some of those ones out, um, but by and large, yeah, they, they either make you a, a nice story or or they don't. <laughs> they, they, you know, nice, good. Uh, let's finish there this week then. Uh, don't, don't you lot want to hear about my uh, experience with anime? Yeah, go yeah. for it. this conversation Um, perfect perfect. let's jump then back. we're coming straight back to you Lucy you open the show with a beer let's talk about our beers for uh, a minute or two and uh, we will finish so Lucy I think we know but beers Mm, yeah obvious winner Uh, alluded to it before it is the tea and biscuits from Wiper and True um Quite honestly, uh, probably wouldn't buy. Uh, I wouldn't say either of these beers. Definitely not the Beard of Saison from Wiper and not Wiper from the Colonel. Mm. That that was just too much like a cider for me. Um, as I said, the start of the taste, it's like yes, this is very Saisony, almost going into like kind of Gers Lambic kind of territory, but then it just just quickly gets taken over by um, very tart apple fizzy cider like uh, taste, which is not to my liking. If you like cider, check that beer out because um, mm. you may find whatever you're looking for in a cider. You might find in that as well. So yeah, n- not 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 one. It was an interesting experiment and. So I just didn't work mm-hmm. on me, but you know, like that doesn't speak to the quality That's of fair. the kernel. Yeah. Like, it's like I love their beers. Um, I want more of them. I had a like mosaic wheat ale from them the other day, and it was fantastic. Just so subtle and just so simple, just like wiper and true without having to do mm. a lot. Um, yeah, the old grey was not too overpowering. Um, just quite subtle. Um, and yeah, it was a decent beer. Uh, if I wanted a, you know, another beer, I probably wouldn't pick that up. But it's just like it was, it was a nice to sip on. It's a nice refreshing drink to, to have. Um, but I think 
if I want to taste, uh, if I want to go through like something that's more beery, wouldn't get okay. that. But yeah, uh, the tea and biscuits, interesting beer, good beer. That's my nice. favourite this week. Uh, Adam, how about you? Uh, I think I like them both. Uh, I think I'm gonna go for the Wild Beers Peel Breaker Grapefruit Session Ale. They were both kind of lighter than you would think for what they are, right? Because this, uh, sorry, Session 8 IPA. So it was a 4.7% IPA, but it held its own really well. It had really strong, still some boisterous flavors, even at a lower percentage. Uh, I really liked the the interplay between the pininess and the, the like, the citrus, especially because it was, like, grapefruit, like, kind of rind and zest and then a bit of sweet tangerine as well like it just it came all across as a really interesting package uh and the whiplash the sup uh porter was really good especially for a five percent porter but i i mean i said this is a great porter to give to people who may or may not who are interested in trying porters or darker beers but have not really like done that before I have done that before, <laughs> and I like it, and I like my porters with a, lot, a little more punch and like a lot more depth in those flavors. So while I applaud what the sup is doing, it's just not it's, – it's like I literally don't think it's meant for me. Sure. I, I think it's a good beer, so when I say I'm choosing the uh, peel breaker over it, that's because I would have – the peel breaker again easily but i think the sup is an excellent beer for the purpose i, I described mm. before mm. give someone a porter if they're not sure or they're like i don't know if i like porters it's like well this will tell you uh if you like this but think i wouldn't want much more of this this is the only porter you should have <laughs> <laughs> but if you like this you're like oh those flavors i'm super interested in them then have That's more fair. porters like it's 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 good at what it does it's just what it does isn't what I want. <laughs> no, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's fair. A fair take this week. Um, I'm also going to pick the Wiper and True uh, from the two beers that I had, which was the Kiwi Lilt. Uh, super easy beer. Incredibly easy. Lots of flavor in there. Um, the Arbor, I think, was just too big on the end. Like that, that, that bitter ashy finish was just a bit too much uh normally i like a big bit of finish but this was maybe a little bit too harsh um and that's i think only because the front end was really weak so there wasn't a huge amount of fruity flavor to it there wasn't much there it was just kind of here's a bit and now here is this big bitter ashy finish to it uh it lent really into that so there wasn't a very good balance there between um you know that that start which disappeared really quickly the kiwi lip was just was just easy it's so nice it's so fruity and sweet uh, and and just is an easy easy pale to knock back um and it's a shame that I haven't seen it, you know, much over the last, say, year, 18 months. It's only just appeared again uh, after having it, you know, mm. or at least they definitely put out a beer, if not 
titled Kiwi Lilt was very, very similar and very, very similarly titled as well. If this is not a rebrew, which I think it is, but I haven't had it for a, a while. And it just, it, again, it provides that balance, that nuance that Wiper and True bring to, uh, to beers. So, uh, a big, big week for Wiper and True. Um, hmm. perfect. We will finish there then this week. There have been the beers that we have drank. There are the games that we have played as well. Adam, thank you very much for joining us this week. Right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's always, a f- it's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, whenever you want to come on and talk about random stuff, absolutely. <laughs> no problem at all. I, t- I told you, ad hoc agenda adjustments. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I bring to the table. And it's perfect. It's good. It's, it, uh, it, it's nice to lean into something else every now and again as well. Uh, if everybody wants to chat to us, we are at Tanked Up Cast over on the socials, or you can go to outoflives.net to look at the articles uh, um, that all of us have put up. Lucy, I think you've got a review coming very soon. Adam, you've put up a few bits uh, in the last few weeks. So there's loads of stuff over there for people to get into. You can also see our faces there. And that will direct you through to the YouTube on uh, Out of Lives to see our faces, the beers that we have drank as well. You can also join us each and every week on Twitch, where we stream live, where Adam also plays, as he has done with Forza Horizon 5, uh, every almost every week uh, with his first looks stream as well. Uh, um, subscribe, like, sh- tell a friend, put it in your mailbox, send it to space. I don't know, do whatever you want with you know all of the electronic likes, clicks, thumbs, hearts. Should you do that on your telephone, Ben? You can do it, yeah, on your telephone. Exactly. <laughs> Just gone yeah. into space. Um, I, I've definitely been watching too much fucking Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> it's a good place to say we have been tanked up. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Ciao. www.outoflives.net.